Welcome to the Get Up and Hope podcast. My name is William Thomas. Thank you for joining your host, my dad, David Thomas, and his friend Joe Carr. Hello, this is David, and in this very first episode, we talk about where the idea of Get Up and Hope started. Then we move into a discussion about how the question of what if can be a barrier or an inspiration to hope. So maybe you're wondering why we started this podcast. David, do you want to speak about that? (laughs) Yeah, sure. We had been just looking around and discussing the events that have happened over the last uh, year or two. We had COVID. We're actually still in the middle of COVID, even though we thought we'd be out of it by now. Uh, We saw the Black Lives Matter protests, the January 6th events that happened at the U.S. Capitol. And there's just there's so much negativity and anger going around. And some of it maybe is justified and some of it is is from wrong motivations, but we thought, what would it look like to discuss stories of hope? And I know that we both have stories of difficulties that we've been through and uh, different events that have caused us to take our eyes off ourselves and see what's possible in order to keep moving. But yeah, I was just thinking about it right before I called that we have known each other for 30 years almost Mm. now. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So you've seen a lot in those 30 years. Right, right. And I mean, there's really, there's been periods of time where we didn't talk for probably three or four years at a time. But uh, when we call back or when we get back in contact, it's like we just pick up wherever we left off. And I think that's a big thing that people can take away, if nothing else, is that having friends in your life that you know you can call no matter what you're going through. And it's just going to be a welcome, hey, how's it going? I'm glad to hear from you. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking that now that you mentioned that, that was a big part of my story of thinking about, you know, a period of time when it was not going well for me and I was looking for some sort of hope and, uh, um, and re- reaching out uh, to old friends was a big part of that. And so, yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Another thing I would add maybe as far as the negativity that's going on, um, I mean, both, both of us kind of represent people who are in, in the church and, you know, church leadership and, um, have this very, have this great love for the church and want to see it, you know, flourish. And, um, and yet there's, there's a tendency even in that state to kind of be overly critical of what's going on in certain places, you know? And so you're right. We kind of lead with a negative premise. And uh, I just, I just feel like that there's such a, uh, there's an importance to um, remaining positive and kind of having a reason why you're doing something that as opposed to like, I'm, I'm trying not to be something else, you know, sort of thing. I just feel like that that's a much better way to be. It's more effective in our life, you know? So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about talking about positive things because, you know, personally I need it because sometimes I'm kind of a negative Nelly and uh, I, I, I do, I do tend to look at the glass half empty sometimes. So it's really just, a, it's almost like a spiritual discipline, if you will, you know, to look at things um, positively. Right. I think that for me, as I was sitting down and we were talking through some of the ideas and the possibility of an outline and how the show could go, uh, I thought, man, I think I need this and I will be the number one listener of what we're saying because it's so easy to be negative, right? Whether it's the person who's cutting you off in traffic on, 
your way to church, you know, <laughs> even, right. and, and you're getting upset or whatever it is, the, the checkout line at the grocery store is taking too long. There's, there's all kinds of ways that we can respond negatively, but what if we had the mindset of every single person that we come into contact with needs some kind of hope in their life? And so what if we were the people who brought hope to them, even if we don't maybe feel like that ourselves? So, yeah. So why don't we dive into our stories a little bit? You mentioned you had suffered some setbacks and we don't have to get into specifics, but uh, yeah, let's just start out with what are some of the struggles you've encountered? Yeah, well, it's, it really revolves around the last three to four years uh, in my life. So we, my family decided to follow a calling for church planting and uh, we moved from a very comfortable place uh, where we were well known surrounded by friends in a small city in Arkansas. Felt like we knew most of the people living in the town, and we have a lot of connections, and we just felt this calling that we're supposed to go and start something someplace. And we picked a place that we really only knew a handful of people, you know, and only had been visited maybe once or twice before. So we moved to Boston in uh, August of 2018 and started to make plans for planting a church. And we were coming by ourselves, feeling like, even though we, we did reach out to several people, and people like David did not say, yeah, we'll come join you. <laughs> but uh, we, we kind of like had reached out to a few people and said, hey, would you like to come and do this mission with us? And it just wasn't the right timing for everybody. And so what we felt like, well, maybe God wants us to do is be trailblazers. And kind of looking back, that was kind of the beginning of a really dark period, just because we were now going to be doing this covert mission for God in a fairly hostile place. You know, Boston is, tends to be less open to uh, religious practices. Uh, a little, little bit different than Jonesboro, Arkansas, yeah, right? Very different. Right. Yeah, very different from uh, Arkansas, where there's a church in every corner. And, and there are a lot of churches and a lot of faithful spiritual people here, um, and we've grown to love the spiritual community. But it just felt like there's something in the water that people distrust, especially if you're coming from the South or from someplace else. Like, what do you think you're going to do? Convert all of us Northern liberals or something? And and we really wanted to do that carefully. And again, I don't want to make this a super long story, but basically we just felt really lonely and we felt like we didn't have the same support system that we did at one time. And we just had a series of things in our family, you know, like I had some health issues some things came up in our marriage that had never come up before, you know, and like, uh, it was just like one thing after the other, just these intentional setbacks, that sort of thing. And then I was trying to find a job and, you know, like trying to figure out what, what the next, you know, our phase is going to be like, how we're going to be infiltrating the community and being well known. And it has just been a three year time where there's been a lot of darkness, a lot of discouragement at the same time, we're supposed to be this positive, hopeful light. You know right. what I mean? And what I understand is this is the story of a lot of people who do missions like this. You know, we kind of set out, if you want to say the enemy has a target uh, on those people who do something brave like this, it's possible. But it also could just be the, the circumstances around moving across the country and not knowing anybody and feeling out of touch with the culture and feeling like you don't have a lot of friends and it just takes a long time to get to that point. So I don't know. Yeah, that was a, that was a really difficult period. And I would say it's, there's still moments when that creeps up inside of me, you know, even though we're much better established or 
We've got a house church that's kind of blossoming. We've connected with another group of people who are kind of on mission with us. And so there's a lot of prospects, but at the same time, those, those thoughts come in all the time. It is, it's no fun. Yeah. And I think that's something that, I mean, ministry is something that we've been involved in for a long time, whether it was through music or volunteering at our churches. That's, that's really how we met originally, you know, 30 years ago (laughs) is, is through doing music. And you just, you have this, this kind of bright-eyed hope when you're younger of, man, I'm going to do either music or I'm going to do this type of ministry and it's going to change the world. Right. And, and that's really true. It's almost like the harder something is, the more we feel like God's calling us towards it, you know? And, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I just want, wonder like, man, we're setting ourselves up for big disappointments whenever we step out to do something big. And you're right. There is a inherent naivete you know, if, if you will, like just that like, we think we know this is the thing and we're going out and it's going to be hard, but I'm going to do it anyways. And God's going to bless it. And that is true. It has been true at many times in my life. And yet we are just setting ourselves up for these negative moments. These, po- these kind of like fork in the road kind of moments. Can, am I going to choose the negative or the positive path? And, and how am I going to proceed? What, where's my next step going to, going to land? Is it going to land on firm on the, on the path? Is it going to land off the path, right in the mud and the quicksand or whatever it may be? And so I think that that's really true. Yeah. So, so tell me about a time for you, David, like what was like a moment you kind of feel like you lost some hope? Yeah, I think for me, there was, it was kind of spread out in phases over several years, but there was this awesome opportunity that I had, and that was to move to Florida. We, we grew up in Indianapolis and I had been in Indianapolis. You left earlier to Florida, actually, eventually, (laughs) but, um, and then went on to Florida. That's right. Right. And so I thought, man, this is a really cool opportunity. I get to do music for a church. I was really excited about it. And it just seemed like you take that step of moving your family all the way across the country. Mm -hmm. And immediately my grandmother who had had a big part in raising me, both my grandmothers did, passes away. And so you immediately have these thoughts of, man, did I make the right decision? Was this the right thing to do? And then a few months later, my mom finds out she has cancer and, you know, one that would eventually claim her life two years later. Mm -hmm. And so that was just a huge setback and all of these thoughts of, man, I'm the oldest what do I do from this far away to help? So there was a lot of back and forth between Florida and Indianapolis and people who knew me well actually made the joke that I never got to officially move to Florida. (laughs) And so then as we're dealing with the treatments and everything, my stepmother passes away, who I was also really close to just kind of suddenly. And then my grandfather, who was very influential in my life, passed away. And this was all within those two events happened like at the beginning of the year, in the middle of the year. And then at the, in September of that same year, my mom uh, passed away. Wow. And then my marriage started to fall apart. I mean, with all of those events, I don't know, you know, how it, it would be very hard to survive anything through that. Right. And yeah. I, and I found myself in 2018, at the beginning of 2018, sleeping on an air mattress on the floor in my dad's house without a job in the middle of a divorce 
And my days basically consisted of waking up in the morning. So moving from the bedroom to his couch downstairs and just sitting there, sometimes watching TV and not paying attention to what was on. And sometimes just sitting there in silence for a while. You know, I was away from my kids. I was away from everybody that I knew. I didn't know if any of my friends wanted to have anything to do with me because, you know, if you're a leader in a church, you're not supposed to get divorced. Right. Yeah. And and there was one day I remember, and this is actually where kind of the inspiration for the title of this podcast, Get Up and Hope, came from, is there was this one day where I was sitting on the couch, and this was in Indianapolis in, in the wintertime, and in the morning, the pool that was out the back window of my dad's house was not frozen, and at the end of the day, it was frozen, and something clicked in my mind and said, you literally sat and watched water freeze today. Wow. you need to do something different. And that was kind of the, the thing that set me on the path toward, okay, you've got to start making some steps in the positive and stop just constantly sitting here dwelling on what's happening right now. Yeah. And can you imagine your life now? If you were in that moment, were you thinking about what the end is going to be, you know, be remarried, be, you know, like in a healthy relationship, be back where you are doing some ministry stuff, think talking about a podcast, that sort of thing. Can you even imagine what was that even in your mind at all? It was just like, just got to put one foot in front of the other. Oh no. What was in my mind were all of the negative things that I was hearing from people. Yeah. I mean, things like your kids are better off without you. You're a failure, all of these things. And when you're constantly bombarded with negative, eventually your mind starts to think, well, what if that's true? What if this is it? What if my best days are behind me? You know, I was 39 or about to turn 39. And I thought, man, maybe that was it. Maybe the best mm -hmm. things I could ever do are in the past. And maybe everyone's right. Maybe my kids are better off without me in their lives, mm -hmm. you know? Oh, that's sad. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm unlike you, those what if questions that come up in our mind that lead us to these negative things man, they are debilitating, aren't they? Oh yeah. Cause you start, it starts to have like an avalanche effect or a snowball effect mm -hmm. as you think, well, what if this, and then you go down the road further, you say, well, if that's true, then what if this, <laughs> Until you can, right. you can get just stuck in this cycle of really dark places, but even just in everyday life, it doesn't have to be something major. It can be something as simple as trying to help somebody. Well, if I help somebody, what if they just take advantage of it? Or if I give this guy on the side of the road money, what if he just goes and buys alcohol? You know, that's a so common thing saying, that we hear. Yeah. So you're saying kind of like even the positive steps, you might say, okay, I'm going to go do this today. Then as soon as you step out on that path, it starts to like eat at you a little bit. Like, oh no, well, what if this is not really the path I'm supposed to be on? What if this is supposed to, this is going to end in, in disaster? Right, exactly. And I had somebody that you, I believe you know too, Mike Metter from our childhood. Uh, he was running sound at a church where I was leading worship up in Indianapolis, actually. And I brought that up. I said, well, what if you give money to somebody and they just take advantage of it? And he, and he said, what if my insides are on the outside? <laughs> and I just looked at him. And he said, what if my arms were my legs? And you know, it was just such a goofy moment, but it was something that I tried to use. You know, Mike passed away several years ago and he's not with us anymore, but it's something that's kind of like a legacy of his impact on me that I use to balance my negative thoughts out with 
maybe maybe I'm just being ridiculous about this. Like, what if that person's going to go buy drugs or buy alcohol and I'm enabling him? Yeah. Wait, what if my arms were my legs? (laughs) That's a great you just need something basically to kind of like set your mind back on into reality. You know what I mean? That I think that's what's important. And the other thing is I think we need to have a little compassion on ourselves in those moments. Like it's okay for that to come in, but the more that we focus and hold on to it, it just, it takes hold of us, you know, and it starts to eat, eat us away a little bit. I don't know if you've heard this story, but I've heard that, you know, mother Teresa, she had a lot of doubt in her life, even though she was doing these amazing things and one of the most influential Christian figures, you know, in the world ever probably. And yet she had a lot of negativity thinking she couldn't really do much and she wasn't really capable. And, you know, there was nothing inside of her. And so I think that that it's, present for most of us, that negativity, the difference is, are we going to let it take hold of us or just kind of roll off our back a little bit? I'm reminded of that moment when Jesus kind of tells, sends his disciples out and asks them to go to all these different places. And he says, if somebody doesn't accept you, you know, shake the dust off your feet. And we've kind of like read that as like, I'm cursing you with, by shaking the dust off. I think it's kind of like, don't take it with you. If yeah. that, if something negative happens, just leave it where it was and just shake that dust off and just let it sit there as opposed to like taking it every single place that I go. All the rest of my steps are going to continue with whatever the negative thing was. And, and I, so for me personally, I'm, I'm thinking about some other things in my life that where negativity was really influential, you know, I mean, I, you know, like I, I had this desire to share music and share, you know, like share joy with other people. And there's been, and there was a handful of times that it didn't go well. You know, I know we're both musicians, so we, we know what it's like, you know, whenever a concert does not go the way we kind of imagined it was going to go. Right. And it just really kind of put something inside of me like, okay, nobody wants to hear what I have to say. You jump immediately from this particular audience. There was some, there was some disconnect there to, okay, I don't have anything that I can offer ever. It's not a healthy place. And I feel like we deny so much of ourselves because we're living out of, the, out of this negativity. Right. And I think what is healthy is when we can start to take those doubts or those events that come up as fuel to drive us towards something better versus just replaying that in our mind and deciding that, oh, well, since this didn't work out, I'm a failure. Right. And, And instead use those events to inform us when we do move forward into the future. Right. So what would you say if you when you were staring out at the water? And watching it freeze there, you kind of mentioned like one of those, what if that was a, maybe a positive or like a hopeful kind of thing. So what, what was it that kind of started to turn something around for you? Yeah, my thought was, well, what if everybody else is wrong and it's possible to be in a better place than I am right now? And it was just something that simple. And those thoughts drove me toward, okay, I need to get serious about getting up off this couch. <laughs> yeah. It was it was almost paralyzing. I don't think people really can understand how paralyzing those fears can be when you do have everything that's negative constantly bombarding you and then people reinforcing that, even people that maybe you respect reinforcing those negative things. Right. Yeah, I remember a moment or two. Uh, there was a lot of those moments, but a moment or two in the last uh, couple of years where it was just like one one sliver, one kind of tiny seed of a thought came in and it was negative and it started to like spiral. And pretty soon it was like this heavy weight 
that was on my chest. My, my arms stopped functioning. Like I couldn't type or I couldn't, you know, work on something else. And so as you, and then you just kind of sink deeper and deeper because of the negativity. And then you're like, I don't know how to get out of this. I don't really know exactly what, what the exact answer is for every single person. But I think you're right. When we start to like say, okay, I, I recognize where I'm going. I recognize where this is leading me and I want to do something about it. And right. I want to kind of start to kind of like stop slowly, put your foot on the brake from like, you know, barreling out of control. And I think it, it starts with some sort of like something positive. Right. Right. And I think what you can even do practically is for every negative scenario you come up with in your mind is to make it a practice to turn it into a positive somehow, or to just accept that most of the things that we worry about don't ever even happen. I know that's a popular thing that people say, but you know, we come up with these what if scenarios and we think, oh man, what if this happens? And it keeps us from actually pursuing something when really if the worst happens, a lot of times it's not even as bad as we think it's going to be. And it's a temporary setback that we can push through. My personal reaction to it immediately is a moment that came up the other day, um, lying in bed and, and I was kind of like starting to get to this negative place again. And I was speaking out loud and my wife was like, where is this coming from? Who, who is saying that? First of all, she's like, you know, you say everyone, who specifically is saying that? And of course, at the moment, I'm kind of like, stop talking to me because I'm, you know, <laughs> you know, you're not helping me. But it, she is. She's helping me a whole lot because it's, it's, it's true. We start to think. We hear one little voice inside of us, and we think, oh, everyone must be obsessed and thinking that same thing, you know. And everyone's out for, out for our downfall, you know. Uh, it's a, it's a little bit of um, you remember as a teenager, you know, when you walked around, you had a pimple on your nose. And you figured everybody in school, everybody in church, everybody you walked down the street and saw was like going, ew, that is the grossest pimple. But the truth is, everybody's worried about their own pimple. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so uh, it, it's just like a, a moment when you have to say, I've got a blemish. I've got something in my life that's not the way I want it to be. Something's not working out. It doesn't mean that everybody is out to get me. So I think that's true. Like, like turning, turning that around and saying, no. No, no one's thinking that. Or if I did hear that, maybe that's just that one person saying that. Right. And I think, I think we have this perception that people think about us a lot more than they actually do. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I think I, well, one thing that happened uh, a year or two after, you know, everything in my life fell apart and that I reached out to somebody and he was like, he said, Oh man, I was wondering when you were going to call me. And I said, well, you know, I didn't know what, what you thought, you know, I was in a pretty dark place, all of this. And he said, he said, oh man, I haven't even thought about that forever. You're old news. <laughs> like, <laughs> so in, in a sense, it's, it's good to remember that you matter, but sometimes it's good to remember. I don't really matter that much. People aren't that obsessed with what's happening in my life. And honestly, I think that we probably get, don't give people enough credit to be able to accept whatever's happening also know how to be supportive because they love us for more than just what we're doing for them lately you know uh and that's really i think that's really a good point and, you know i was thinking about one of the things that turned around for me i think i mentioned this earlier was just starting to go back through okay 
I'm feeling lonely. I'm not super happy right now. <laughs> and maybe the reason why no one's calling me is because maybe I haven't been that great of a friend. How many times have I called them? And so I started to just right. make a list of people who I was like, you know, I'm going to call them. I'm going to reach out. And you were on that list, by the way. <laughs> and I think that's partly what started to connect us a little bit more again after, you know, like two or three year hiatus, that sort of thing. And this is maybe a year after you were in that state. Um, this is probably early 2019. And I just, and that was really important just to take those steps to reach out and have that connection with a friend and all of them, you know, I don't think anybody was like rejecting my friendship. You know what I mean? Like just because we hadn't been connected in a while doesn't mean they weren't interested in being friends again, you know? Right. I think that when we do have some kind of failure is accepting that it's, it's okay. Like it, it's okay. We are not perfect. We're going to um, try things and it's not going to work out. And that doesn't mean that we shouldn't try anymore. It just means maybe the way that we approach something or maybe that specific thing is not what we should focus on. Right. And honestly, they're probably in the same boat. Those people who were afraid to call on same things happen to them at different times. Right. And I think you said that your wife, Lauren was one who was like, why are you saying that? Why are you thinking that? And for me, Casey, she said, those people are wrong. That's not who you are. Having somebody that could come alongside me and say, nope, that's not who you are. This is who you are is is really important and whether that's a friend or a mentor that can start to change your mindset and say well maybe there is hope maybe i am not stuck in this place forever and maybe i do have a future that's greater than what i'm seeing now yeah that's for sure i i remember a story you know when i was a kid in high school uh i was working as a kind of summer job at my dad's job and there was, there was this guy who he worked with who was like so positive all the time. I mean, he'd like walk through the warehouse and he'd be whistling and singing a song and he'd say my name, you know, and start singing it, you know, and it's just, he had this bubbly attitude. And so part, part of me thought like, he, is he this way all the time? And, and I kind of think if we had him on the podcast, he'd probably say, no, I'm not that way all the time. But the thing about it is, is like when you're around somebody like that, it lightens your mood, you know, and you start to feel good. I want to gravitate towards those people who make me feel good, but I also want to be the kind of person who's that for other people. So like, I, you know, I, I thought about this at one time, like I was looking for like the, a great friend and I realized, you know, I just need to be a great friend and that's right. what will bring those things out of other people. So yeah. I think that when we start to think positively and take some positive steps and we become the positive light in other people's life, we're going to be that bubbly energy that other people can't get enough of. And I think it may even inspire their energy too. And I would think that that would be a, a really healthy thing for uh, those of us who are tend to be negative, you know, like to try to practice that like a spiritual discipline, you know, which means that even if we're not feeling it, have something that's in our mind that's reminding us, you know, like when that negative thought comes, turn this positive, don't, don't sit in that, but just, Turn this, turn this on the, uh, turn it down ahead, and see, see what comes of it. And I, I really feel like that that's going to really change the environment. And that's, uh, that's why I'm excited about doing this podcast because what we're doing is is just that we're just giving a little bit of hope to somebody who might be listening, and saying you can be that hope too. Hey, well, it's been great being with you today, uh, David, and everybody else. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed joining our discussion today about hope, 
please take a moment to subscribe to our show. You can also find us on social media and on our website, getupandhope.com. Thanks again for joining us.